Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Samuel chapter 28 from the World English Bible. In those days, the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. Achish said to David, Know assuredly that you will go out with me in the army, you and your men. David said to Achish, Therefore you will know what your servant can do. Achish said to David, Therefore I will make you my bodyguard forever. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. Saul had sent away those who had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. The Philistines gathered themselves together and came and encamped in Shunem, and Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of Yahweh, Yahweh didn't answer him by dreams, by Urim, or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who has a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. His servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who has a familiar spirit at Endor. Saul disguised himself and put on other clothing and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. Then he said, Please consult for me by the familiar spirit and bring me up whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off those who have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? Saul swore to her by Yahweh, saying, As Yahweh lives, no punishment will happen to you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up to you? He said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What does he look like? She said, An old man comes up. He is covered with a robe. Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and showed respect. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me to bring me up? Saul answered, I am very distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me, and answers me no more by prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may make known to me what I shall do. Samuel said, why then do you ask me, since Yahweh has departed from you and has become your adversary? Yahweh has done to you as he spoke by me. Yahweh has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, even to David, because you didn't obey Yahweh's voice and didn't execute his fierce wrath on Amalek. 
Therefore, Yahweh has done this thing to you today. Moreover, Yahweh will deliver Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Yahweh will deliver the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell immediately his full length on the earth and was terrified because of Samuel's words. There was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all day long or all night long. The woman came to Saul and saw that he was very troubled and said to him, Behold, your servant has listened to your voice, and I have put my life in my hand and have listened to your words which you spoke to me. Now therefore, please listen also to the voice of your servant, and let me set a morsel of bread before you. Eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, constrained him, and he listened to their voice. So he arose from the earth and sat on the bed. The woman had a fattened calf in the house. She hurried and killed it, and she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread of it. She brought it before Saul and before his servants, and they ate. Then they rose up and went away that night. That is the end of chapter 28. I feel kind of sad for Saul. For one thing, if you go back and look at chapter 13, it says he was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned 42 years. And then in this chapter, Samuel says that Saul will die the next day, which is what Samuel's turn of phrase, you will be with me, means. So Saul here is 72 years old. He's past his physical prime. And who wants to go lead an army in a major battle when they are 72? And he's been fighting the Philistines, fighting against their aggression for the whole 42 years of being a king. I think it's also important to emphasize here when in verse 5 it says he's afraid. It's not like he's afraid someone is gossiping or afraid he'll not pass a school exam. He is afraid of the destruction and pain of battle. And for those of us who have never been in combat, it can be easy to gloss over this. But maybe you have felt real terror about something, and so you can use that to empathize with what he's feeling here. Add to that that Yahweh has, quote, become his adversary, end quote, in verse 16. Sure, this is because Saul has abandoned following God and directly went against what the God of the universe asked him to do, which was be an instrument of justice against the wickedness of the Amalekites. But regardless of how it happened, Saul seems to be feeling the isolation and emptiness of his position without God. That's got to be a horrible thing. But the thing is, when he is inquiring of Yahweh, it is selfish. It is a bid to hang on to being king. It is a bid to keep his position. It is not because he is repenting. It is about his status and power or else he would step down and let David be king according to the anointing. The fact that Saul is not really seeking God is emphasized by the fact that he goes to find a medium. This is something that was strictly forbidden in Leviticus 19.31. It tells people not to go find a medium or they will be cut off. And in Leviticus 20.27, it says that the medium should be stoned. Um, They're supposed to be cleansed from the land. Why? Because they deal with what is being called familiar spirits. 
You can even look up in the dictionary today that a familiar spirit is a spirit or a demon that prompts or serves a person who uses it to help contact the dead. A person does not accidentally become involved with a familiar spirit, hence the adjective familiar. It's something that they do over and over. I will link to a website that talks about both the Greek and the Hebrew words that are used for a person who is a medium. And oddly, both of those words are words like a bottle or a vessel. So even this, these words have the implication of these people being possessed by these spirits. So in verse 7, the servant speaks up about a woman who has a familiar spirit. So first of all, she is well known for practicing these things. And secondly, this should be a warning to us to not surround ourselves with people who, like this servant, have no problem affirming or cooperating with horrible choices that we might make. Verse 12 gives us a pretty clear picture that this woman was not new to this. She had a reputation and she was apparently used to calling up the dead or whatever demonic spirits were masquerading as the dead. But she is shocked when Samuel appears. The text says that it was Samuel, not that they thought it was. And the text says, Samuel said, I found myself wondering why did God cause Samuel to appear here when he wouldn't himself answer Saul any other way. Maybe he was using it as one last time to shock Saul into repentance, but Saul really only wants to see Samuel as his ticket to inside information. He is seeking Samuel, not God, and that's borne out in verse 15. More evidence that it is actually Samuel is that he speaks the same prophecy from God as before. An evil spirit probably would have lied, much like the false prophets that tried to comfort evil Israelite or southern kingdom um, kings later when Jeremiah was prophesying destruction. But was Samuel a ghost? Well, first of all, ghost is just another word for spirit. And each of us has a spirit. Look up Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 21, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, and Zechariah 12, 1. But this passage does not state that Samuel was only in spirit form. It just says he was there. Maybe God brought him in bodily form, which is why the woman was so shocked. Consider the description. She says he was as a God coming up out of the earth. Could this imply substance? The point is, we can't assume that he was a ghost. If nothing else, the account shows that even when people toy with the demonic, God can easily override their interactions as he sees fit. This woman had a familiar spirit, and it did not get to do what it normally did. We can see in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13, that it lists that Saul seeking the medium was a major factor in his death. It was one more thing as a strike against him, showing that he did not have a heart to follow God. And then the rest of the chapter establishes that this all happened as part of the night's activities, which included a last meal. I think part of the reason for that is just to set it in the real life of what was going on with Saul. This was not just some strange metaphorical 
occurrence, we are supposed to understand that this really happened. One more thing about how the woman described what she saw. I noticed that the New King James Version does translate it as spirit, so I did a little digging and saw that the original Hebrew is Elohim. Now, I am by no means a Hebrew scholar, but that word is usually frequently translated as God or gods, and it is one of the descriptors of God, and I will put a link to another article that describes that more clearly. But in conclusion, translating it as spirit is an assumption based on the idea that gods are always just spirit. But I think the context of her describing that is more that she is in awe of it. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 